0: It's just gross. and I mean, that was really gross. But. Yeah. <laughs> That's you what, shouldn't yeah. have had a handful of sh- Yeti while we were recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we... Try to serve up solutions to some of the big problems that we see. Uh, We want to add to the volume of those innovations and hopefully help them become actual things that people can use. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog, and an entrepreneurial werewolf. I like
0: international werewolf.
1: That is is pretty cool.
0: That is exotic. It is. Yes. From Iowa to Nebraska.
1: International. Well, if you go the other way.
0: Good point. Right. And while we're going the other way, please take a moment to rate and subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends. Please tweet about it. Please shout it from the rooftops. We are the front porch, not the back porch. That was one show only. We are the front porch of <laughs> academic innovation, and we want to tell the world how university inventions are saving us all from our own neglect.
1: Yes. Help us get the word out so we can help spread these, uh, spread the word out on these technologies and help them uh, get the further development. And also joined by Tyler Share, our PhD and resident science wizard. How's it going, Tyler? Good. How are you doing, Charlie? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I'm a little annoyed with you at the moment, though. Really? Because all I kept getting, I got this weird note that he wants to talk about blood tests. That's true. And I'm like, yes. why? What did you, that?
0: did you get it written in blood? Stabbed to your door with a knife. Yes, too? it was really weird. And he signed it. <laughs>
1: I know. It's so Tyler crayon. wants to go was it, was over that blood too tests, far? and he Is that wants too to, much. You wanted to geek out on a blood test, Tyler. So explain yourself. Why Why do we have to geek out on a blood test? Explain to our listeners why this is such an important thing to you.
0: Actually, I'm into geeking out on a blood test, too. Oh,
1: I'm alone. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah. I'm just going to go sit in the corner, then, and let you guys you know, hash it out.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, there is immense potential in being able to diagnose anything with just a prick of blood. Oh, guys, <laughs> Charlie actually did leave. So it's just you and I. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. I just watching him go. My interest comes from this incredible technology out of UCLA invented by doctors Lou and Horvath and they call it grim age. It's grim Age, It's named after the Grim Reaper, so it doesn't, oh, have, doesn't have the best name. I was
1: thinking Brothers Grimm. Was this a Hansel and Gretel kind of thing? Or, <laughs> oh what? my gosh! Can they do that? Is it two M's? It doesn't have two M's. Oh, no, all right.
2: that'd be that would be great, though. I guess okay, but that's yeah. still a
0: cool name. Way to not way to break the trend of descriptive acronym academic community. Yeah,
2: this, this isn't Sonic and Hedgehog here. This is this is a little more appropriate. So,
1: I'm sorry. Where's whose where's this technology out of UCLA? UCLA. All right, UCLA.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and so what they discovered was actually it's um, a group of biomarkers, and it's epigenetic biomarkers. So we're talking DNA methylation that correlates with uh, lifespan and health span. So they can they can take a sample of blood, they can measure um, a, a thousand or so sites um, and uh, determine the methylation pattern, and then basically give you, and an estimate on when you're going to die. Okay, uh, Professor <laughs> Ski Lodge here, talking about DNA
0: methylation. Speaking for the general community, right? We all know that DNA Sorry, methylation. Sorry, What happened? knowing that DNA methylation <laughs> is associated with chromatin packaging and unpackaging is that essentially looking at the overall replication okay, of I'm genome and cell division? I don't
2: even... Yeah. What, what we're really yeah. What's what we're Okay. This is epigenetics. Hey, Tyler. I'm Tyler. never going to
1: let you guys geek out again. What the hell are you talking, Tyler, about? Tyler? I just we're, read that. Can you actually explain <laughs> to me what it means? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so we got genetics, right? You have your genes, you have your DNA. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're yes. we're square on that. Your genes make proteins. They, they, that's the code for you, right? There's also epigenetics. This is literally mean literally means above genetics. This is the this is the this whole crazy system that regulates what genes are turned on and off.
0: Oh, so this is like the parts of your cells that actually know which part of your DNA to read.
2: Yeah, so it's it's epigenetics that controls uh, why your heart cell, with the same DNA as your lung cell, is a heart cell instead of a lung cell. Whoa, we've talked about that. Mind blown.
0: Yeah. All right, continue. So, what does methylation have to do? What is methylation?
2: Yeah. So. Oh, are
0: those like the the minty cigarettes.
2: <laughs> not it's not it's not methylation. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> methylation. No, yeah. You're thinking of
2: mouthwash. I'm thinking of mouthwash. Yeah. Although cigarette smoke back. is a great way to get some DNA methylated. That's I'll true. have you know. So how yeah. do we methylate DNA without menthol? Yeah. <laughs> so these are so basically this is just uh it's just acquiring tags. You
1: can think of it as Okay, stop. Stop. Acquiring stop. tags on your DNA. What's the point? What what do they do? What can you do with this new methylated Methyl. Uh, Methyl. Methylated. Okay. So you can you can run around the baseball field a little bit faster. You can get a lot more housework done. Then what? What, do so, you, what does the test do? For <laughs> <you>? <laughs> it actually does none of those things. It's <laughs> not so, meth. So okay. What, so what it does,
2: <laughs> what this does is it, it accurately predicts, uh, or more accurately pre- than any other test we currently have, predicts your lifespan and your health span.
0: That would have been something to lead with. I did. I said that. He maybe, did. say he did. I, I, oh, I, I I had already I fallen maybe asleep didn't say it loud. Charlie you play it back, please. Sorry. <laughs>
2: oh, wait, we can't do that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. I, so, okay. it's, so it's 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 a 18% more accurate at predicting lifespan than just your chronological age. Um, so wait, what? So that it, means it's going to figure out how much longer you have to live. And it's more accurate than just saying than just going off of the just the average
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so uh,
2: demographic for for, for your demographic. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely going to be under the demographic average.
2: Um, it's sixty-one percent more accurate than, we'll than the test. We'll find out than demographics at predicting more specific uh, diseases, not just death, but things like coronary heart disease. So when you're saying like methylation, it's just looking at the overall
0: amount of I don't know damage associated to your epigenetics or your epigenetic age, I guess for lack of better. Yeah, code.
2: yeah, epigenetic age. Got it. That's probably a good way to think of it. Yep. So
0: this is kind of the actual age of the parts that actually read your DNA.
1: Okay, so yeah. what do you do with this? I mean, if you're out there and walking the street, do you, is this? Well, there's,
2: there's, there's a website. You can I think you can pay and you can access it and you can have your your Grim Age report <laughs> by just mailing what, a what, drop what, of your blood. What they're really hoping to do with this, though, is is they're hoping to um, encourage is this is another uh, one of those mail- intervention. So they're hoping that that by by you getting a report. That ba- that basically gives you kind of a, uh, a more objective, like a, a number that you can you can chew on. Like, so let's say, let's say you you smoke ten packs a day, you your doctor says you you got to get your grim age report because what I'm telling I'm telling you to stop and you're just not listening to me. You do this you do this you get your oh, so- your blood test and it tells you you're gonna die at age fifty one. A year later, though, a- after you've, quit, up, you've quit, so you quit on the spot, you go cold turkey, and, okay. and now your grim age report says you're going to die at 61. You've gained 10 years on your lifespan. So
1: whether or not you smoke would be reflected in the yes. blood test. Yes.
2: That's amazing. Yep. And if you stopped, it would reflect by an
1: improvement in your overall health.
2: Yeah. So, that's epigenetics. That's yep. pretty it's, cool. It's how our environment impacts our DNA. <clears throat> yep.
1: So what is it about smoking that impacts your DNA?
2: Well, so not only so it depends on what you're smoking, but it, uh, nicotine and cigarettes, tobacco. Let's, let's go there's, a cigarettes. Lo- there's a lot of bad stuff in there. Wait, yeah. Way to parse words, buddy. In, 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 in general, uh, in general, inhaling smoke.
1: Swisher sweet uh, cigarillos. In, in general,
2: inhaling, I have a weakness. In, in general, inhaling smoke. Raspberry is, flavored. Is bad for you. It's inflammatory. Okay. (laughs) uh, What
0: what the the methylation is identifying is the global state of damage that the smoke does to your body. So the mechanism is less relevant. Just think of it in terms of I've been inhaling smoke for the last 15 years. My body's like fed up. It's like in what do I do with all this smoke mode, right? And so it's massively inflamed. It's limiting cell regeneration because it's putting so much effort into de-smoking me. So cut to the chase a year later, smoke-free, my body has totally restructured the way it's working hmm. now that it's not dealing with all this toxic smoke. I it re-
1: thought it just had to do with, you know, the, 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 what you're doing to your lungs, and I just thought it was associated with that. I didn't realize it had a, a larger impact like on your gen- on a genetic level. But that's it why, does. That's yeah. why
0: smoking increases your chance <clears throat> of heart disease, right? It's partly because it decreases your pulmonary function, but it's also because it puts you in a global uh, literally pro-inflammatory yeah drug. i just thought it
1: was a, I thought it was just a, ch- a chain reaction it's that began with with your lungs but i didn't know it was
2: and it's literally changing the way your dna is expressed wow, yeah don't and smoke, on, to- on top of that uh <clears throat> you can never do anything bad ever in your life because epigenetic tags can be passed on they're inherited as well they can be so your offspring can also have Uh, After effects of your smoking prior to conception.
1: Well, that's depressing. (laughs) Speaking of
0: depression, since we're geeking out on blood tests, there is a new blood test uh, that is associated with determining the onset of major uh, mood disorders out of Northwestern and can actually even assess um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And, what are they looking for there? Yeah, so this is, uh, this is basically a microarray panel. So what they're looking for is kind of along the lines of epigenetics, but not as sophisticated. They're looking at the different expression of different DNAs and genes. Hmm. And they found a pattern. There was a, a unique pattern that they were able to find initially in animal models that are animal models of, of depression. And they were then able to find that those same patterns were present in sort of human um, clinical trials. Interesting and so okay. those panels are kind of associated again. So it's another way in which more sophisticated tools are allowing us to do kind of. So
1: does that does that look at your propensity then for depression, or is that like at your, your depress- state? Wow. Yeah.
2: Okay. It'd be actually be like an objective measure on your yeah your level of depression. Right. That's kind of mind blowing. Right. Literally. Right. Because yeah. I mean, like it goes to what you're saying too. Right. <laughs> that like there are
0: broader genetic changes that are more systemic for things that you know you think would be localized but really if you've had like a, a a particular depressed moment or even if you had like a really strong emotional response there's like a bodily feeling that goes along with it and mm-hmm. sort of those sensations those stressors they're indicated not just in the way that your neurons are firing but those also trigger different parts of your um oh, excuse me what's the internal hormone system of your body called why am I drawing a blank on that? Okay, You're, well, at least I'm the only one. Uh, <laughs> but basically, there's all types of chemical signals that translate that neural pathway into the way that you actually feel. And so your endocrine system...
1: There we I go. was going to oh, say okay. endocrine, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot, so I kept it. There we long. go. You are now Mr. So endocrine. So now I'm an extra idiot, claiming that I knew it when I can't prove it. No, no, we're going no. the other way. We've got your nickname now. Your <clears throat>
2: endocrine blacksmith. Endocrine <laughs> blacksmith, Mr. <laughs> Newspaper Litten scab.
0: Um, but no, like the, the, the bigger point is is like these diseases manifest in really complicated ways. And as uh you know, microarrays by no means a new tool, but as the application has become less and less expensive and more and more functional, then it allows for a sort of broader utilization of test. And the original idea came from this. It seems that there was just simply trying to, within animal models, identifying if there are particular patterns of gene expression. And they just were able to, with a lot of really good work, find this panel and then correlate it within people as well.
1: I wonder if, is it possible? I don't imagine they've can say but i mean is this something that could test for the severity of it i mean
0: so um that's interesting that the way you you sort of describe it because they were able to the the way that the scientific paper associated with it is they they talked about it as early onset major depressive disorder and -hmm. so they clearly are qualifying it Mm -hmm. now the way that the test works you know microarrays are a little bit more yes no Mm -hmm. so they they can't you know, necessarily look at the severities. But that's just the current panel. I think that there may be different patterns associated with different type of depressive disorders mm, sure. or ways in which you can essentially do kind of the natural history. So you would have testing that would correlate to stage and that pattern may change over time. None of that is necessarily supported by the study here, but it definitely opens the door to stuff like that because the bodily experience of depression correlating to a particular microarray pattern is a big
1: deal. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see if you can say, well, boy, I just feel like eating a you know, gallon of ice cream versus I feel like, you know, jumping out of a basement Something window. More extreme. Right. Yeah.
2: Do they talk about other possible uh, disease applications <clears throat> as well? there's a lot Yeah, of... they
0: talk about it for post-traumatic stress disorder too.
2: Okay. But not um, like, not necessarily addiction yet, or they haven't gotten anything else. You know, I think that the understanding psychologically
0: of how all of these are like interconnected. Are interconnected yeah, yeah. I think that there's always that resonant possibility for right, sort of yeah, understanding it. And I think, you know, dealing with psychological disorders, you know, sort of segment and channel them specifically probably is...
1: God, you know, it would be amazing if they could eliminate some of that subjectivity that goes along with mental illness. But
0: think of it more like this, right? As you start getting these tools that are able to um, maybe be a bit more direct to the body experience and the genetic expression associated with it, that's going to change how we describe the diseases. Oh, right. it will. Yeah. yeah. And and so as I mean, it'll rewrite it. Right. right. So would you
2: be able to take this test, too, after um, being on a therapeutic for a little while to see how Potentially. effective it is? Yeah, okay. Or, I
0: mean, imagine doing it after, like, talk therapy. Or, okay. Oh, or sure. tripping yeah. acid. Some sort of intervention. To, like, reassociate, you know, PTSD, right? Like, that, yeah. that's a really cool idea. And it was effective we can go.
1: Well, that's cool. I think I've come around to, all right, next time you guys want to geek out on blood tests, I'm on board. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I'll
2: try to be a little less geeky. <laughs> and I'll try to be a bit more bloody.
1: <laughs> all right. Perfect. On that note, it's time to come to ground on this one.
0: Um Oh, please take a moment to look at the future technologies. We will have links to the Northwestern test for uh, biomarkers for depression and PTSD. And, of course, include a
1: link to the Grimm test. And I do want to uh, point out uh, thank you to our sponsors, Unimed, the Technology Transfer and Commercialization Office at the University of Nebraska at Omaha and the University of Nebraska Medical Center. And also our thanks to KVNO Recording Studios um, at UNO here. uh, For Tyler Scher and Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you and join us again on Unimed's Innovation Overground.